Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Welcome, everybody, and I'm happy to be here with all of you here today. Hopefully, whoever joined me today, and uh, I got a, you know, hopefully a little bit of a special episode. I don't know. It it just depends how I feel, (laughs) you know, so hopefully everyone out there uh, is doing well. I am happy to be here with each of every one of you. This is more of my, I guess you could call it my Halloween episode (laughs) and something that I feel, you know, that I want to do, you know, um, I think it's important to recognize and, um, you know, recognize the, so to speak, holiday, um, kind of this holiday kind of kicks off all the other holidays in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to, to talking to you today, having that conversation, but like always, let's get started with the theme as I mentioned. So let's get started. I think you're going to recognize this one. One of my favorite songs, but also from my, one of my favorite films. Okay. So let's get started here. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see this our town of Halloween. This is Halloween, this is Halloween. Pumpkin scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene Trick or treat till the neighbor's gonna die of fright It's our town, everybody scream In this town of Halloween I am the one hiding under your bed Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red I am the one hiding under your stairs Feels like snakes and spiders in my hair This is Halloween, this is Halloween Halloween, 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 Halloween in this town we call home, everyone hail to the pumpkin song. In this town, don't we love it now? Everyone's waiting for the next surprise. Try to play this in the background a little bit until it ends. But welcome everybody to my Halloween episode, number one. <laughs> um, so I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's such an incredible film and peace. I don't know if it gets the appreciation it does nowadays because there's so many other films out there that we may watch during the Halloween season, holiday season, but I would say this is a Halloween slash Christmas movie. It's kind of a both, right? So you can actually probably play this, of course, during Christmas because it's the Nightmare Before nightmare before Christmas, right? Um, but it also has elements of the Halloween theme in it. So, so I'm happy to be here. What, we, what do we want to talk about today? Maybe we want to talk a little bit about some spooky things. Maybe we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the paranormal or, or you know, if anybody's ever experienced anything like that, right? And I know on this show, I've talked about, you know certain subjects like that in relation um i think it's important to to kind of discuss it you know especially those who who've actually 
especially those who have really experienced it in their life. And I, this is the episode that may be a little bit of a repeat of things that I've talked about before, but for those who just want to tune in for this episode, um, I think it's a little bit nice because I really want to talk about kind of those times where I've had some form of interaction with the spirit world, right? Now, spirit world, in my opinion, it's not something that you should really, you know, purposely try to get into, but some may disagree with that because there is an interest there, right? There's an interest in the spiritual world. There's an interest in ghosts. There's an interest in the paranormal. Um, It exists today, right? And I think it's important to discuss that. Last week, I didn't really get into it, but I, I, um, I really wanted to talk a little bit about the Mothman because of that was something that I recently discovered, even though the name itself was not new to me. I wasn't really sure who the Mothman was or what the Mothman was. Right. Um, but let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, current events in my life right now, just before we get started. Uh, but you know what? Never mind. Let's scratch that for right now. We'll come back to that because I don't want to get off track here. Um, but really, it's about like, you know, what is your experience with the super, the spiritual realm, right? Um, so I think one of my earliest, earliest, earliest examples of dealing with some form of spiritual realm was when I was, I don't know how old I was. I must have been maybe seven or eight, possibly younger. Um Used to go to church with my grandma and grandpa, you know, um, First Baptist Church in Southgate, California, I think it was. Yeah. So um, it still exists today, right? I think it's off California Boulevard. It's a very small church. Um, Pastor Jose Gomez, I believe. Yeah. So I haven't been there in a while. It's been a couple years. I actually um, was attending there. Um, when I lived in Los Angeles area, so we decided to just go revisit that church. And it's it's an old church. It's been there a long time. It's been there since my grandma and grandpa were going there, which were probably back in the 80s. It still exists today. And even the pastor there is still the original pastor. Obviously, he's older now. Um, but that, I'm not trying to get on that subject as far as, you know, me going to church. It was really about the experience of what I experienced at that point. So as a little boy, for those who went to church, many of you um, had Sunday school. Many of you didn't have Sunday school. Many of you had to sit with your parents in the pews and listen um, to a boring sermon, which I'm not saying sermons are boring. I'm just saying to us as a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old, you know, or a young child taught hearing an adult speak is probably very boring, right? It's not very exciting. Um, but one of the things when I used to go there, I just, I wasn't really watched too much. So I would do some, you know, discovery. You know, <laughs> I would go and search the church, right? I would go and nobody, again, no one was watching me. So I would go, you know, into different rooms. I would go into the basement, not the basement, the attic. Because there was an attic and 
you know, and just go look around. Um, you know, there's certain things that as a child, you know, maybe I should have known better. Maybe I didn't. But one of the memories I had was when I was doing my little discovery, I, there was a part where I went into this room and this doorway that led into the baptismal basin or, you know, tub or whatever you want to call it. And I crawled in there and somebody may say, well, that's just, that's sacrilegious, right? Well, I was seven years old, possibly. I didn't really know, you know, I, I don't remember if I knew what that was. It just looked like some big bathtub, you know, and it was, and big blue bathtub. I remember it being blue. <laughs> um, and it was empty, of course, but um, just trying to see what's in the church, what's there. Um I used to go into the attic and see what's up there. Was usually there's like a little office up there. And I used to use a telephone and make crank calls, you know, and dial numbers and see who answers and hang up, right? Um, one time, right, <laughs> um, somebody picked up the, within the church, right? And it was one of the associate pastors. And uh, he's like, hello, hello. And I hung up quickly. But I think they knew that it was somebody calling from the office, right? Um, so before you know it, somebody was coming up there, right? And so I hid into this little compartment there and I closed the door and I just stayed very, very quietly. And just very quietly. And I heard somebody looking around and luckily they didn't open that little department because I, I would have been there. And I was just standing there just shaking right and luckily i didn't feel anything at that point right um and i don't know if this story relates to at the same time but those are some of my little areas where i was a little mischievous right and one of the other times within that same church this is where it gets a little creepy um i was with my sister who was uh, a lot younger than me she's probably like five years old and um i said I love the devil, right? Which obviously I do not, right? I do not love the devil, you know? But I said it because I was being stupid and silly and dumb. So I was like, oh, ha, ha, you know, I was just joking. And, um, and you know, I was walking around downstairs with my sister. And um, I kid you not, when I looked up on the second floor window, I saw the devil. I saw him and it, it, I don't know if it was my imagination. I don't think it was, but I saw an image of the devil that many of us are very accustomed to seeing, which was a red demon with horns, <clears throat> very scary looking, um, just looking down at me. Right. And I remember that to this day because that scared the hell out of me. Right. So I would make sure I never said that again. Right. And, um, because he showed his true self, right? He showed his true self. And so I think you know, it was just scary, you know. It was just very scary. And um All right, so sorry, sometimes I have to pause my recording because I'm so afraid if somebody calls in like on FaceTime for my daughter, um, 
that it just ruins my whole recording. So sorry, got off topic there. Um, but really what, what it was is just, you know, this demon staring down, down at me and my sister saw him too. She remembers, right? And it was one of the most frightening examples of the first experience with um, the spiritual world. Now, I believe the devil is real, okay? I believe it's a physical being. Many of us may not see him like with red horns, but there is those who walk around us who personify the devil, right? And the devil, I think, in, in our day and time, yes, he does have a, a physical look, right? Many times those individuals that, that walk around as demons or, you know, who I feel are the devil, we, would, we wouldn't even look, we, we, we wouldn't even look at them twice. We would think that they look like anybody else, right? But they exist today. There are people that are incarnated with the devil, right? And they're just evil people. There are demons that roam the earth. The devil is not omniscient, meaning he's not able to be all, all everywhere at one place like God is. But he is somewhere that can roam to different places. And, you know, he has a legion of demons, you know, um, that do his bidding and do his horrible deeds and uh, along with what he does, right? So the devil... You know, many will believe that the devil is not real, you know, but he truly is and he is doing destruction. He hates, the devil hates when you speak about him, you know, what the devil hates, obviously, and this is not a, a topic, this is not a discussion on Christianity, but in general, the, the, the devil is one who's just trying to, you know, divide people. He is like a roaring lion. Um, who lies, cheats, and steals, who just wants to take our life. And that's his whole role here on earth, right? He is the prince of this earth, right? So to speak. So he has dominion over it. Now, God is in control, of course. He can control of everything that happens in our life, right? But the devil is here. He's here on earth, but he will not be here forever, Right There will be a time where Jesus will come back. He will lock the devil up for a thousand years, right? And, you know, there will be a time of the second coming, you know, and, and, you know, and just read Revelation, you know, that will tell you everything about the beast and just the horrible things that are coming in the future, right? But that was my experience, the first experience, right? The next experience that happened was um, living in my, you know, grandfather's house, which was in Downey, right? At five years old, approximately, um, my mom and dad got divorced. I moved with my mom, my sister, with my grandfather in the city of Bell Garbage. And that's not really the real name, but I call it that. But the real name is Bell Gardens. In California, right? But I call it Bell Garbage because it looks like a piece of garbage. The town looks like a garbage town, right? No one takes care of it. The streets are horrible. Um, it's mostly a, you know, Hispanic um, city, mostly, right? And I'm not saying it's garbage because of the Hispanics, but it's garbage because 
the city fails to do things to make it nicer looking, take better care of it. Um, But again, not to get off topic, this is not about Bell Garbage, but, um, you know, sorry, why am I getting on that topic? (laughs) I don't know why. See, um, I, I just mentioned that because moved in with my grandfather about garbage. We eventually moved around town. Eventually we moved into um a house in Downey which it it was it had some spiritual occurrences there. I'll say it like that. And one of those occurrences is that many times we would hear people walking around at night, footsteps in the night, right? And um the story goes that there was actually somebody who lived in that house previously who committed suicide. They apparently they tied their neck around a fan of some sort, turned it on, and you know, obviously they killed themselves. I don't know if that's a true story or not, but um, most likely it is because there are, you know, there was a spiritual being walking around at night. Um, there was also a time where my sister... Um, mentioned that there was times where she was she called me one time and apparently she said I responded back to her and she knew it was my voice and it sounded like her and then she went back because there was a separate room she went back to go look for me and no one was there and I didn't call for her right I believe spirits have the ability to mimic our voices they have the ability to copy how we sound right i don't know how they do that but it's true they can do that um spirits you know if you ever watch the show things like ghost adventures and again i don't know how real those shows are they're reality tv you know um i believe that you know what i see on there is you know if i had a participant i would say it's probably 75 percent true I don't know. Some of you out there may say, nah, Jalsa, don't fall for that stuff. It's just TV. It's just a bunch of, you know, fake sounds, audio that they put together just to make you believe. It could be, you know. In this day and age, we have tons of different, you know, ways of making us see or believe things that may not really exist, right? So... That is one of those areas where um, I choose to believe, right? So there has been episodes, and I've been watching Ghost Adventures for probably, man, close to 10 years now, you know? Um, It's been, you know, a a long-running show. And, you know, you just hear the, the, the voice box, and you hear sounds come out of it and voices and you also see shadow figures and orbs and um and you see things and people are touched and um a lot of interesting things i i don't know why i have such an interest in that world you know um i guess it's it's my fascination with the horror 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 world or genre right Um, Which I had that fascination from a very young child when I think I was probably very young, less than 10 years old, I believe, when 
Child's Play came out with Chucky, the doll. And my father took me to go see that with my sister, who was probably about eight years old. Um, not the best parently thing to do, you know. Um, and, you know, it's just scared the hell out of me, right? Also, he took us to see the people under the stairs, which I don't... Most of the time, my father was somebody who would listen to me for whatever reason um, and, you know, do as I say, so to speak. Um, and I would say, I want to go to the movies. I want to go. I want to see that. You know, I want to go. And he and he'd feel the need to take us, right? Um, being that I grew up with divorced parents and saw my dad every other weekend, um, you know, he pretty much... Like, had a very standard way of doing things with us on the weekend. Sorry. No, I don't know why I sneeze on this thing. <laughs> uh, some dust going on. But um, he took us to movies, basically... He would take us to Chuck E. Cheese, which many of you still exist today, but it's not the same, right? You know, um, he would take us to Toys R Us. He'd buy us a toy every two weeks. He would, you know, spoil us with junk food and things of that nature, um, which, you know, didn't really help us, really. Didn't really help us being always healthy kids and we picked up some bad habits to be honest with you at a young age um but that's what he did with us so we would go see scary movies um there were times when i was i think he took us to see pulp fiction and i think i was like 12 years old and i didn't understand that movie there were parts of it you know obviously pulp fiction is very violent and there are parts in there where you know, a kid would not understand it, right? So again, not the best fatherly advice. Um, I wouldn't do that to my daughter, right? Um, there are times when things just pop on TV where, you know, um, graphic or something. I have to get out of here. God, why is that? You know, you know, or cover her eyes or her ears and everything like that. And um, you know, I it, it really need to protect my daughter from seeing those things. Um, it's hard because. I have a love of horror movies, a love of the strange and weird. Um, you know, that early introduction in my age of horror movies like Child's Play introduced me to other films, which many of you who are my age, probably um, Generation Xers, probably understood, you know, just how, uh, how, how it felt to watch those films like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, um, um, Clyde Barker's Pinhead, right? Um, what else? Leatherface, Jason, Friday the 13th, um, you name it. It, it, it. We probably would want to see it, right? Um and I don't know, it was scary, but it never liked, I don't think in my opinion, it really totally like made me deranged in any kind of way. <laughs> maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know, right? Um, 
my daughter now, you know, I have to be very careful. She also has a love of horror movies, but certain ones. It's not like ones that are very gory and scary. Um, some are just like more of a thriller. Like some of the ones she likes to watch are like the Insidious movies, which uh, it's pretty tame, to be honest with you. Um, in my opinion, it's more of like a thriller, like it makes you jump, you know. And th- yeah, there are some spiritual things in there, like so to speak, ghosts or you know that demon in there. But it's really minimal, right? Um, oh, the other film is the the uh, Exorcist, which is one of my favorites, right? Um, so that those films really resonate with me in my childhood and today. Um, But there's also other ones. I mean, those are some of my favorite. You notice that um, many times they just re-show those now, you know. On AMC or IFC, they just keep showing those same movies. They show probably the whole marathon of Halloween movies. And the old ones and the new ones. They show Friday the 13th. They show The Exorcist, you know. And you don't really see any so much of the newer horror movies. I mean, yeah, they show some insidious in there. Um, some of the films, they just don't show as much. You know, a lot of the older ones from the 80s because they're just classics. They're just classic films. And um, it's really hard to get the real straight horror films down correctly. The only other ones that are pretty recent, they're a little more recent, are like the Scream films which I, I was never particularly partial towards for whatever reason. I just, it just didn't get, I didn't get those, you know. I understand the meaning, I understand what the movie's about and everything, but I really didn't feel like those were ones that I was very interested in. Maybe that's because they they came out in the 2000s, early 90s, late 90s. Um, and I, by then I was just like, horror genre in general changed, right? You can't go wrong with the classics like The Exorcist, right? That is actually a story that I'm reading the book right now. And yes, the book mimics the movie so far. I'm, I'm, I'm in the beginning still, but um, just an incredible book, right? And just like I was reading 1984 by George Orwell, I'm reading The Exorcist right now. And it's just amazing the writing styles that, of course, are very different um, but it, it, it's like when you read the exorcist, it's almost like they very much took the book and made it into the film. You know, they didn't really deviate so much so far, as far as I can see, there are parts in the book, obviously that they didn't put in the movie because, you know, it just takes up time, you know, and, um, you know, and just, you get an idea of like what Reagan, the character was going through at that time. And, um, you know, I'm still trying to understand in The Exorcist, and and I'll get this, and some of you may be screaming at me right now, like, what is the significance of the priest going to Iraq and picking up that demon um, statue or figurine or whatever that is? What's the significance of that? I think the name of the demon is Pazazu or starts the p to be honest i i don't know the exact name but um but that was some form of demon right um i'm still trying to understand the significance of that and what happens with reagan now it's my understanding that reagan becomes possessed 
um, because she was playing with the Ouija board, right? And other interesting tidbits is that, um, which I just learned about, is that, you know, when Reagan, when their mom, Christine, um, was hearing, so to speak, rats in the attic, those weren't necessarily rats. That was the devil playing up there in the attic. So it's kind of freaky, right? Um, but interesting. I'm still reading through the book. Um, and I find those kind of stories very interesting, right? So I love horror movies, right? I love the the mythology behind horror movies. Um, some of them are pretty grotesque, you know. I um, like one of the things I was telling my uh, wife today is trying to give her a little of the backstory to Friday, uh, no, Nightmare on Elm Street, and how Freddy Krueger, you know, it's it, maybe I have to go back and rewatch it, but I believe he was a child murderer or a child, or he was a pedophile. I, I the thing is that really confuses me now thinking about it is that okay, um. He comes back into the dreams of children who their parents burned Freddy Krueger, right? In the boiler room, right? So the children obviously survived. So it was, so they weren't killed, right? Unless, but again, Freddy Krueger comes back in your dreams, kills you in your dreams, and takes your, so to speak, soul, right? So he takes them. The one thing that really interests me is that, you know, there's the Friday, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street. I keep getting those confused. And the newer version, which was in 2010, and then the older ones in the 80s and 90s, how the one in 2010, um, you know, makes him as some form of pedophile. So that's why in part of the film, he would take the kids into this back room somewhere. And you can only imagine what he did to them. And they had to kind of um, hypnotize the kids not to remember those things, which I can understand. But yeah, they, they still burned him. They still burned him and set him on fire, right? Um, I'm trying to, I don't know if there's what the backstory is to the the older films. I have to go back and rewatch those. Um, but ultimately, Freddy Krueger was bad, obviously, you know. Um, you know, those are some of my favorites. And it's not because, oh, well, let's glamorize a pedophile or a child murderer. It's just the, you know, the ability that to, to look into the dream of somebody and imagine like you're going to somebody's dream and you're killing them in their dream and you're dying in real life, right? Who wouldn't be scared of that, right? I mean, pretty scary stuff, right? Then you have um, kind of more of a traditional serial killer, which is Michael Myers, right? Which I can watch those movies over and over and over again, never get bored of them. I, even though I know the story, I know kind of what's going to happen, you know, um, but that's why eventually they're just going to stop, obviously after Halloween ends, you know, um, then there, you you get a whole, almost a whole year of not seeing Halloween movies. 
and then you just refreshed again and refreshed and refreshed, right? Um, and you, you kind of get into that pattern of like remembering it. And it's very nostalgic for me, you know, um, because those are films that I grew up with, you know, with Halloween. Obviously, I wasn't born when the first Halloween came out. Um, I don't remember how old I probably was, but maybe I must have been between the ages of five or seven. Um, and then eventually the other Halloween movies came out, um, you know, especially, you know, the last one and then the ones before that, which happened, I think in 2002, well, no, correct that. Let me correct that. There's been Halloween movies like every 10 years, possibly over. And the ones I remember is obviously original. There was Halloween one, two, I didn't really watch three. Four, five, six. Then there was Resurrection. H2O, which they may have come in different order. Then there was a Halloween that um, were made in the, the mid-2000s, right? And then eventually, John Carpenter remade those the first film again in a different way, which was in 2018, and we're just waiting for the the other ones to come out next year and the, probably the following year. I think they have two or three extra ones that are coming out. So, I mean, there is a story there. And people are drawn to the Halloween story. And um, obviously some of what Michael Myers does is, you know, he's a murderer. He's a killer, serial killer, right? And he's on a quest to, you know, kill people. But, you know, there's probably a reason why he's doing that. I mean, there was a reason, you know, he could just, he's obviously a, you know, deranged psychopath um, who goes away and then comes back. I always wondered when he goes away after Halloween, where does he go? Does he live like a normal life somewhere? Is he like a dentist somewhere? Or, you know, what kind of life does he live when he's not killing people, right? And um, interesting that, you know, you kind of think like, oh, well, he just takes off the mask and goes lives a normal life. And then suddenly on Halloween one day, he just says, you know what? I'm going to go kill some people, right? I'm going to go murder some people. Oh, you know what? It looks like a family member here is still living. I'm going to go kill them first, right? And then I'm going to go kill other people and get this out of my system um, and go from there. Just thought of another film that I really love is It. Obviously, I cannot forget It. And the genre of Stephen King, obviously. So a lot of films that we watched during Halloween, during those times. Um, the Shining, right? Obviously. Um, Thinner, which is another one. Just watching that today. So um, Pet Cemetery, again, another one. I mean, mostly our Stephen King, which, you know, don't get me wrong. He is a talented writer. Um He's gotten rich off living off that genre, right? Very, 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 very rich. And I guess, you know, he's due his money, right? He's written horror for many years, decades. Um, it's going to be a shame one day he dies, which he will one day, you know. Um, but his writings will live on, right? Just like any writer, which is what you hope, is that people will grow to keep those stories alive. People will you know, rewrite them, not so to speak as a book, but they'll re-image them in new movies. They'll, you know, you know, they'll reboot them and they'll keep doing that. 
Another film that um, that many watch during this period of time is the Saw movies, which there's probably like 10 of them. <laughs> probably exaggerating a little bit. But, you know, again, you know, there's been some good horror movies out there um, that have some good concepts, right? Um, but I, if I had to put it in a rating, I would say um, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, The Exorcist, uh, top five, I'm thinking of top five here, um, the Saw movies, and maybe Leatherface, you know, um, Chainsaw Massacre, Leather, Chainsaw Massacre, um, thinking if there's any other ones, yeah, I named quite a few, and, you know, if you like any of those, then we're on the same boat here, (laughs) right, so, you know, there, you don't, you see new horror movies coming out. I don't see too many of them, of the newer ones. I don't know. I, they just don't interest me, you know. But they, there, there are some good ones. I mean, uh, I've watched a few good ones. Many of them, like, I thought Sinister was good. I thought that was a good film with Ethan Hawke. Um, there's also Sinister 2. Um, the Insidious movies, I, I happen to love those films because... Um, they're quite interesting. They have like a spiritual realm to them. Um, and they have Lynn Shay, which many of you may be familiar with. She was in Friday the 13th. I think she's, uh, excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> um, she's also, I think, the sister of Bob Shay, which he's basically, he was, he, he's, I think, the creator of New Line Cinema or whatever. Creator of that, you know. So... She's been in a lot of films. Love her. She's great. She looks fantastic for 70s. You know, I hope I look that good <laughs> at that age. But she's lived a much better life than I have probably at this age. She's obviously, you know, doesn't have to worry about money too much, right? And she's a favorite. Um, other stars that I love to see, Jamie Lee Curtis, Screen Queen, right? Who else? I mean, you know, just those individuals who become known for horror movies like Linda Blair um you know Jamie Lee Curtis right to name a few they're going to be known for those genres for the rest of their life right they are you know um you know you could even throw Nev Campbell in there she's good you know i don't see it. i don't see her in as many films as she once was you know, honestly, she doesn't even have to probably act anymore. She probably has enough money to live off of. Um, but we need some, just some original content, original movies, you know. People need to think of some creative ideas. And I know people are creating ideas out there. You know, just we need to introduce them and get people watching them. Um, but, you know, who knows, right? So... It's just interesting, right? So, going back into the spiritual realm, I'm going to switch gears here. But let me let me play this next song here because I think it's kind of keeps us going in that mood, right? Um, so, this is a very old song, but it's also a classic. It's one that many of us hear quite regularly during this time period or this period in this time right now. So, let me let me play it, right?
For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the match They did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash They did the match It caught on in a flash They did the match They did the monster match The zombies were having fun The party had just begun the Monster Mosh. Don't you just love that song? It's such an old song. Man, what is it? I think that was 50s or 60s probably. Oh, man. Um, and it just really resonates with like Halloween and monsters in general. And, you know, you think about all those pioneers who created those incredible monsters even today, right? Um, you know, going back to Hitchcock and, you know, going back to Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman and Dracula and Frankenstein and you name it. I mean, monsters, horror, spiritual worlds, they're just around. They've been around for many years, decades, and they're just continue to be an interest some of the interesting tidbits about my interactions, which some of you probably have heard about. So going back to what I was talking about before I got so rudely interrupted <laughs> and switch gears on you so quickly, guys. But um, one of the experiences when I was living in my father's house, okay? So I had the opportunity to live there by, with my father, but also at one point living with my daughter and my wife. Okay, um, That house that I lived in, in my opinion, was pure evil. Okay, And you may say, well, how can a house be evil, right? And so generally a house is not evil. But a house does have the ability... To, for things to dwell in that house. And the house of my father once was, because he sold it, you know, that house was created in, I think it made in 1913. Can you imagine? Can you imagine everybody what could have happened in those times? Especially if possibly I just thought about this, being that we're going through this incredible um, pandemic. And, you know, during that time was the 1918 you know, Spanish flu pandemic that took place and how many people died. Can you imagine if like people died in that house at that time period, right? And their spirits had never left, right? So there is a presence there. Um, at first, I didn't really realize it when I was living there with my father. Um, but there's a lot, there was a lot of sadness in that house. Um, there was a lot of happiness too, to a certain degree. Um, but I think there was more sadness than happiness. My grandmother and grandfather, that was their house. My father lived there. 
My grandfather and grandmother, Moses and Isabel, were loving grandparents, which God bless them. They're in heaven right now. You know, I hope to see them one day. You know, uh, I know I will. Um, and they were just pure love, you know, in my opinion. Um, but there are also some major struggles. You know, there's some major things that, as many of you know, that old people go through, go through sicknesses. I think my grandmother got cancer. Um, she had to have surgery. I think she had brain cancer. Um, so a lot of horrific things, pain was at that house, you know. My grandfather went through Alzheimer's. He went through periods of time where, you know, um, he just wasn't the same man anymore. His memory was gone. Um, it was our jobs, my job and my dad, to take care of him in his last days, make sure that he was fed, cleaned up after. You know, we did have somebody watch him on a on a daily basis, you know, to sit with him and be there with him, you know. Um, thank goodness. Or he could have burned the whole house down. And there were times when he, you know, left the stove on, you know. And so there were times when he would walk around naked. And there was even one time he, not, he walked outside naked because he just wasn't the same man. He didn't know any better. So we had to have somebody watch him, right? Um a lot of those situations cause, you know, those feelings to be seeped into the house, right? And this house was pure wood in a sense. You know, I know most houses are built out of wood, but we had wood flooring. And I'm just going off what Zach Baggins said is that many times when you have certain materials in your house, those feelings, those, they kind of stick with the house, right? They, they, that resi residual energy stays with the house. So there would be times where I would hear walking around, footsteps. Um, but the thing is, I really didn't, when I was there from the time of 2000, <sighs> excuse me, 1999, I believe, all, up, all the way up to 2007. And then 2000, then I came back and 2014, 15, and I left in 2018, right? Um, in the beginning of 2000, uh, 1999, pretty much I don't think I really recognized spiritually what was there, right? Um, some other tidbits that are pieces of information that may add to the just what was going on in that house. Our house was at the end of a block, a long block of two rows of houses. Um, and one of the things that my, my brother-in-law told me that was interesting is that many times when you have houses that are right in the center of a two, two rows of houses, all that energy, all the energy from all those houses just flows down there to our house. And we were hitting all that energy, right? Um, so there, there, there was probably many spirits there. Um, so who knows what was there before my grandparents moved in. And also growing up with my father, my father and his sisters living there. Who knows what else was there too, right? Um, but 
growing going there in 1999 until 2007 when I had my accident, so to speak. And many of you don't know what that means. Um, I suggest you go back to one of my other podcasts and learn about that aspect. Um, and I was under like some complete kind of fogginess in what was going on with me. And I was just going through a very hard time. I just felt very angry. I just felt very depressed at times. I was going through a rough time. And part of that was the house. Part of that was my childhood. Part of that was my piece of shit grandfather that I grew up with on my mother's side. Not my grand, my father's side, but my grand, my mother's side, who I lived with for many years, who verbally abused me. Um, never anything sexual or anything like that. It was very much verbal put downs, belittling me, calling me names, you know, using vulgar language, profanities, things of that nature for a young child growing up. It messed with me, you know. So living in my father's house, I was just kind of in this phase, you know, um, this haze, I should say, not phase, but haze. And I'd go there, watch TV, live in my own little world, close the door, you know, watch my movies, listen to music, have my little routine, go to work. That was it. That was my life. No social interactions. I made attempts to find girlfriends, date, but no one really, no one wanted me, folks. And I'm not, you know, no one wanted me at those points in my life. I, I was nothing special. And even today, I don't even feel I'm that special. You know, um, and it's not because I, I don't think my family loves me or anything. I know they do, but I, I don't see myself as being very special. You know, um, sometimes you, you look at people and you're like, that person, that's just something special about them. They're just amazing. They're incredible people, you know, and you don't know what it is. Well, maybe sometimes you do know what it is. Like they're just intelligent people or they're, they're beautiful people. They're good looking people. And they have everything going for them, right? I never had anything like that, folks. I've always been kind of, I've been average, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, many people on the outside looking in would say, Joseph, but you have this and you're intelligent and you're, you have a career and blah, blah, blah. And I just never saw that. And especially at those times in my life between 2006 and 2007, where truly that energy in that house affected me, it, it was just you know, um, it took, it almost took my life basically. Okay. Um, there was something there that was truly evil that just wanted to end my life. Right. And it almost did. It almost did. There was something there that almost took my life and it almost ended it. But thank goodness for my sister for being there for helping me. Then I'm moving back to the house of hell with my mom and my grandfather, which had to put up a whole new set of problems again living with him again and and then eventually I got married had my daughter and lived a whole different life than I was living you know over 10 years ago so it's just amazing how how much time changes how much a life can change over you know 10 years and many would think, well, 10 years is not that. And 10 years is a long time. Some may say it's not a long time. I don't think it was a very, it's a very long time, 10 years. It goes by so fast, right? But 
You know, I lived in two houses of hell, so to speak, right? Um, that house, living in my dad, took almost took my life. Um, then when I moved back in in 2015, which you may think, well, you're crazy, Joseph. Why would you go back there? And primarily it was because I had some financial problems. You know, I was struggling, trying to hold together, keeping my family going, you know, making sure that they were taken care of, making sure the bills were paid. Um, I was not making a lot of money back then. I, I, it's not like I make a ton now. I, I do fairly okay now, much better than I was back then. But I still struggled, you know. And so, you know, living at that house, there were things that I finally started to realize what was going on. There was, there was spirits there. Right. So sometimes, you know, we'd still I would hear footsteps walking at night. Um, some of the more incredibly scary examples included there one time we were sleeping and we were I w- we were both me and my wife and daughter were all sleeping. We all slept in the same bedroom and we were dead asleep. And then we heard this forceful bang on the door like somebody was just like they like anger hit the door right and you boom and and, and obviously that's going to wake you up and and nobody was there nobody was there it wasn't the wind there was no wind something some force that you just felt like something's angry hit that door like somebody like wants to punch a hole through the door that's what it sounded like right and got up and we were just scared. I mean, me and my wife were just freaking out. We were just like, what the hell was going on? Um, what was going on? And it's just um, scary, you know. And there, there were times where my wife had also mentioned that when she was sleeping, there would be a shadow figure standing over her watching her. And she tried to scream. She tried to notify me, but she could not get the words out. Something was preventing her from um, saying anything. And I was dead asleep. I couldn't hear anything. And she would get angry at me because she was like, I, I was screaming for you and you I was, you were dead asleep. And I was like, yes, I, I didn't hear anything, you know. And there was something that walked around. Um, when we got our little dog, which was my mom's dog, her name's Lily, um, she would constantly pace around the room at night. Because she would stay in the room with us, pace back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. She would not go to sleep. It drove us crazy. And, you know, we just felt like something was there. She was guarding us against something. Something was in our presence in our bedroom. Um, Other times I remember where, um, what else? I was in the shower. And... I heard like knocking on the door, which is not uncommon, but, and then I heard, like, I heard my wife yelling for me, you know, and I I was like, Hey, I'm I'm in the shower and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, and then I went out, finished and she was dead asleep. And I said, are you, were you, what were you calling me about? She's like, I wasn't calling you. I was asleep. I was asleep. I was like, oh, wow. Really? So something mimicked her voice because I heard her voice, right? And 
it freaked me out because that's, you know, that she said it wasn't her, right? She, she said it wasn't her. There were other points in, you know, um, at one time at Christmas, we took a picture, which I know it's not that exciting, but um, we took a live picture, right? And it was like any other Christmas, right? One day we went back and we uh, were playing the live picture and there was no sound. We didn't have any music playing or anything like that, but there was a baby crying in the background, a baby. And we don't have babies and there were no babies around. There were no babies in the neighbors. No, the windows were closed. There were no babies outside. It was just a crying baby, right? There were times when my mother-in-law stayed with us in that house where she was, would hear footsteps. She would hear little like, like voices speaking um, from what she tells me. Um, it's it just things happening, right? Like that. Right, so those are some of the scariest moments, right? You know, there are other times where when we were living in an apartment, you know, and I don't know if spirits follow us, attach themselves to us, but there were times where my daughter's bassinet would turn on by itself. There were times when she was in her little like rocking thing where she wouldn't be in the rocker, but the rocker would rock by itself. You know, there would be times where, you know, it was one time when our daughter was a baby. She was sleeping in her bassinet. She screams bloody murder. She's crying out of all of a sudden. Something scares her, you know. And, you know, just I, in our life, I, I, you know, just those type of things, you know. And even today in our different apartments, sometimes we hear things that go bump in the night. Freaks us out scares us you know there's something in this world that i know we don't physically see there's a spiritual realm out there everybody and it's not just biblical it is biblical there's a spiritual realm you know the bible says that within that spiritual realm there's angels fighting for our for us right there's like a war going on there's a spiritual war going on we don't see it but it's happening every single day, you know? So you can imagine, there's angels, there's wars going on, the spiritual war that are fighting for us to be protected against the evil that's trying to attack us, right? Whew, I mean, it's just a big topic. I know, I'm sure it doesn't help that I watch horror movies. My wife gets angry. She says, you know what, Joseph, you know, why are you watching those things? You know, it just adds, it just adds so much, right? And and in a way, it's true. I have to stop watching those movies. It doesn't help, right? You know, and even films that have very strong, like spiritual messages, or about ghosts or spirits, or like shows like Ghost Adventures, you know, we, we know I truly believe it exists you know and if you start looking for it it will come find you and that's why i recommend don't don't go looking for spirits it's not something that you want attached to you people have died people have ended their life because 
an evil spirit has attached themselves to them. Um, one of the things that my wife used to constantly go through in the house with my father is um, she always got really bad earaches there, which may not seem very, you know, well, wow, anybody gets those, right? Well, yeah. Um, other things where um, me and my wife would be very angry a lot in that house. We'd be very angry and we'd be filled with rage. And I used to tell my wife, you know, I, I just... When she used to get mad, I just felt like I felt the devil eyes in her, man. She looked like the devil was in her because she used to be so angry, you know. And I know part of the reason was that house, you know. Part of the reason because we were struggling. But people react differently. But I never saw her. any. I don't see her like that now, thank God. Um, but it was one of those experiences where we would take out our anger. And we never obviously hit each other or anything like that. But, you know, we used to take it out on our daughter, yell at her. And she was like three, you know. And, and I just feel horrible about those times because we used to take it out on her. And, and also there was just a great deal of stress at that time in our lives. We were living with my dad, um, obviously me, my wife, my daughter, and my wife's nephew his wife and his daughter <laughs> a lot of people in that house and it really drove me crazy it made me angry but it was also the spirits whatever was there knew that it could use our emotions against us to get angry and that's what spirits tend to do um i also tried to believe hey you know what this is what i do believe I do believe there is a, a world that, you know, spirits will go to when they leave this earth. When people die, there is the pearly gates, whatever you want to call it. They go there. But some spirits are down here. Some spirits do not transition over. So they're stuck here, right? I never want to believe that my father, excuse me, grandfather, grandmother, mother are stuck here they are christ believers when they die they should be with christ immediately so i never want to feel like oh that's mom walking around right that's mom you know she's here you know uh, you know it would be nice to feel her around i know she's in heaven i know she is i know my grandparents are in heaven but i don't want them down on this earth this, is, this earth is hell. Who wants to be down here? Some of us don't even want to be here. We live here, you know. Um, my mom is in heaven. One of the things that, that really right after she died in 2015, that I think she just sent us a, like a, a signal. And she wasn't physically there, but if she was, that's great. I'll be happy. But, you know, I remember just smelling like roses, and my mom loved roses after she died. And I don't know, it wasn't imaginary. I smelt roses in the house. We didn't have any roses in the house. We didn't have anything like that. There was no roses outside. There was no neighbor with roses. It just came out of nowhere, right? Um, I do truly believe that when my daughter was a lot younger, after my mom died, I believe my, you know, it's possible my daughter saw her. You know, we used to ask her, do you see grandma? Do you see grandma? She used to say no. 
But, you know, and I, I wouldn't want to, you know, even though we all want to be with our deceased loved ones and see them, even in a spiritual world, I don't think our lives can handle those kind of things. I think they're too, they're too hard to see, you know. Um, we have to let go of them, you know. And I, I, I let go of my mom, not in a bad way, but I let go of her because I wanted her to be with Jesus. I wanted her to be in heaven and be in a better place and not be here. And she is, right? I wouldn't want to be stuck down here when I die, right? You know, they always put in films, unfinished business. Well, you know, hey, if a spirit dies tragically down here, yeah, they had unfinished business. They they weren't, so to speak, sometimes meant to die, even though God has control of our life. But sometimes people die tragically, you know, accidents, things of that nature. I don't think those things are natural when people die automatically like that, you know, but who am I to say? I'm not God, right? All right, everyone. So let me play this last song here. This is going to switch the gear up a little bit. All right. And before we end our show, but let me play this. It's a favorite of mine. And it's one that just really resonates with our times right now. So let me just play it real quick. So this song is from Rocky IV called Burning Heart. It's that song that actually he, he's going to fight against Russia. Okay. And we are in a battle, people. East against West. Red against Blue. American against American. And we are truly in a battle right now. For our sanity, for our security, when I know we shouldn't place 
are troubles in man's hands, it should be in God's hands. It is in God's hands, I will say that. God's in control, everybody. But that doesn't mean that we are not going to act like fools in this world. Because people are acting crazy. We are coming up on a vote, people. We are coming up on things that could shape our country for the next four years, decade, decades that may affect our children. And we need to realize the importance of what's happening. And people don't realize that. Many of you heard me talk about our current president. I'm not a fan. All right. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean I'm a huge fan of Biden either. But in my opinion, Biden is not evil, people. Some of you may disagree with me with that, okay? Some of you may choose to call Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris evil too. Because of maybe how she's, whatever reason you believe, how she's gotten where she is today as prosecutor, as Attorney General, as Senator, whoever, right? We all have a story, people. We're all not perfect, right? We all make choices to get where we are going to get somewhere because we have to make tough choices. Sometimes we have to do things that many people are not agree with. No one is perfect. Joe Biden is not perfect. Kamala Harris is not perfect. Definitely Trump is not perfect. But when I... When I look at Trump, I look at an evil man. I look at a man reminiscent of my grandfather, who I truly called a man of evil. A man who belittled people, put down people, um, basically makes it so that he will not do anything for you unless you do something for him. I can see a bully a mile away. He, My grandfather was a bully. He was the ultimate bully in my life. He bullied my mom, my sister, and me most of our adult lives. Alright? And I hated him. I hate him to this day. I'm, I'm, I hope he's in hell. Although as a Christian, I shouldn't say that. Because you know what? We're all fit for hell, right? But Jesus is the one who makes it possible for us not to go to hell when we believe in him. But this is a man who is probably in hell right now because he, in my opinion, never did anything good. Now, some of you out there may feel like somewhere otherwise, you know, oh, well, he didn't he support you. Didn't he let you live in his house? Yeah, but we paid a high price for that situation. All right. Years of being put down, disparaged vulgarities on a daily basis f this and f you and you're this and you're that and how about and you know you may say well why didn't you just leave joseph you know i wish we had you know growing up i left my sister eventually left when we got old enough my mom was stuck there she got to a certain point in her age where she made it, it was very difficult for her to take care of herself yes me and my sister probably could have tried I was a very different person back then. I was in my own depressed world, people. I really was. And I regret that to this day. But I 
you know, I'm not going to say who I'm going to vote for. It, it's definitely not going to be Trump. You know, I'm definitely not going to vote for Kanye, right? Most likely it's going to be Biden and Harris. Some of you out there may say, well, Josie, you're crazy. Why are you going to vote for him, right? Why would you ever vote for him? The guy is, you know, he has dementia. He has Alzheimer's. He's 77 years old. Well, yeah, it's not my first choice, people. The man is old. You know, what can I do? It's either Trump or Biden. You know, it is my belief that Trump just wants to set this country back, put us in a world of fascism, and people don't want to see that. People don't want to believe. People think he's a good man. He cares about us. He doesn't give a shit about us, people. He does not give a damn about you, me. He doesn't even care about Melania, Barron. He definitely doesn't care about his sons, his other sons, Eric and Don Jr. The one he probably loves the most is Ivanka, you know? Seriously, people, wake up. Wake up. You know? I know we all have a choice in this election. I know we all have a choice to choose who we vote for. And that's the freedom we have in our republic, right? And God bless our republic. But the choices we make today will affect the choices we make tomorrow. And many of those choices people don't want any part of. You know, yeah, I get it. We may have to pay higher taxes. Okay, well... Do you want our country to go in an either more deficit? Because that's what the Republicans did to us, everybody. They put us in severe de deficit, much more deficit. We're at, what, $23 trillion and is growing every single minute. Every single day our deficit grows because of the GOP and the Trump administration, right? Yes, I understand that if we people are going to pay higher taxes but those higher taxes are going to be paying for to pay down our debts people it's just kind of like any one of us out there right any one of us yeah our debts increase we have to pay pay more down to pay it down right eventually it's never going to be zero obviously but we have to get to a point where we, our country, as it is, as a point where it's fiscally responsible again. And history has shown that Democrats have been fiscally responsible year in, year out. After the GOP, after Republicans have increased the deficit. Okay? Many of you don't want to believe that this administration currently is you know, anything but evil. And I see it. Some of you think I'm crazy, but okay, that's my opinion. That's your opinion, right? So vote for who you want. But one of the things that I see myself changing into if a future four years comes into this Trump administration is I, I see myself changing. I see myself getting more angrier. I see myself growing defensive in this world and yes God is control in control I have to repeat that over and over again whatever happens and the pastor said this last week hey you know what if it's Biden or Trump God's still in control yes that is true God will care us 
But do you think I want to go through a world of fascism? And some of you may say, well, that's never going to happen. Really? You know, how would that not happen? Well, when people stop ignoring the laws, stop ignoring the right things that people should be doing that's in place, the guardrails, so to speak. And when they ignore those guardrails and just do the hell, whatever the hell they want, that's how fascism comes into play. The GOP has already enabled this president well beyond what other presidents have been enabled. Okay? I think history says that one of the presidents that really, you know, people like to compare this situation to is Nixon. Right? You can't compare Nixon to Trump. Right? Yes, they're both, you know, horrible presidents, you know. And I, 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 to be honest, that's just my opinion, you know. I don't know their policies. I have to do my own research. But just based on what I've heard, okay, so far about the two administrations. You know, I even watched um, the recent movie Borat 2. And just constant bashing of Dems, Democrats, the hate that they have for Democrats, the hate they have for Fauci, the hate they have for the people who are really trying to um, get us rid of this pandemic, right? That people don't seem to care that 200,000 lives have been lost. People want to compare it to a statistic. Well, it's only 1% of the population. It's not really that bad, is it? it? It's not the point of the 1%. It's the point that there's individuals that shouldn't have died. That shouldn't have died due to this pandemic. Yes, China's at fault. Yes, they're at fault. But that doesn't mean that we are not at fault for our action to what has taken place. People want to believe conspiracies. People want to believe the lies out there. Do your research, people. Because do it before it's too late. And I'm telling you, it's almost too late. If we get four more years of this administration with Trump, our democracy, our place in the world is gone. That's it. That's it. And people are going to be like, Well, I didn't know. I didn't know he was going to do that. You know? Sorry, that's my dumb voice, okay? Because then people are going to shrug their shoulders. Well, I voted for him. I didn't know this was going to take place. I didn't know he was going to, he's a fascist. I didn't know he was going to do these things, cut Social Security, cut um, my insurance, and not replace it. I didn't know, you know, my rights would be taken away. I didn't know that, you know, Wall Street was going to be, you know, his primary focus and that's all he cares about. Wall Street is not the world, folks. Wall Street is not the economy. Okay? That's not. Rich billionaires are not our economy. As much as people like to believe that. All right? In this pandemic... I believe, and my figures may be wrong, since the pandemic took place, I think billionaires have increased their um, wealth by $13 trillion, I believe. I may be wrong, approximately. 
only in the pandemic, right? So who is Trump helping? The billionaires? Wall Street? Although he says he's not trying to? Bullshit, people. I don't believe it. He cares about his own income. He cares about his own properties. He cares, he cares about his over $400 million worth of debt that he has outstanding right now. Close to probably a billion of unsecured loans out there that probably are tied to Russia. All right? He's compromised, people. For many of you don't want to believe it. But it's okay. You know what? What am I going to do? I'm just one person, right? You know? Well, anyways, folks. Ah, got that out of my system. Just wanted to let you know everything's going well in my job. Things are getting pretty busy. Teaching, working, trying to stay blessed, take care of the family. Next week, I may not be doing a pod I'm because I'm in the process of moving. Not moving out of state or anything, folks, but moving to a different, you know, home. And uh, something a little bit more space for the family, you know. So, um, this is my Halloween episode. <laughs> so, hopefully I'm going to, you know, upload this and everybody can have it for the week of this week coming up, right? And just wishing everybody a safe and happy holiday. Well, I don't know if you want to call Halloween a holiday, but... Um, but before you know it, we have the elections, November 3rd. Vote like you've never voted before, folks. Get out there and vote. Mail your vote in. Go to the polls. Drop your anything that's going to vote, okay? Just go do it safely. Protect yourselves. Wear a mask. And be a part of democracy, everybody. I'm not telling you who to vote for. That's your choice. That's your personal decision. But go out there and vote, everybody. Our democracy depends on it. So let me end with this song. Kind of getting us back into what we're going to, you know, end it with a good song here. But I wish everybody just a great week. Like I said, I may not do another pod until after elections. Okay? So until then... Be blessed, take care, be safe, and thank you for having a great conversation with Joe Meyer, with Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Like snakes and spiders in my